Welcome to the Arium Podcast. This podcast covers topics related to cyber and human resilience. The content's geared towards owners and CEOs of small to medium-sized businesses, as well as IT and cybersecurity leaders. My name is Ardo Kane. I'm the field CISO at Arium. Our episode today is with U.S. Signal, and joining me today is Pat Cannon from U.S. Signal. And we're going to discuss resilience, what U.S. Signal does, what capabilities they're adding to Arium, kind of how we align, and and uh, some of the offerings that U.S. Signal brings to market that we can uh, we can start leveraging with our client base. And then you know, you, our listeners, may want to know about from U.S. Signal. So, uh, Pat, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I ask everybody that joins this, um, and you know, some people it kind of catches them off guard because they may not have a routine. But uh, how do you start your day? How does Pat get his day going? Uh, well, you know, on a Monday, it's typically catching up uh, on any emails that got missed uh, <laughs> over the weekend, right? But uh, so, so that's how I would start from a work standpoint. Uh, you know, personally. Um, I try to get out uh, early and, and get a workout in, right? I feel like that's a that's a good way to get the blood going, uh, you know, and just um, maintain a, a little bit uh, of balance, right, between between work and life. So, absolutely. And for working out, what do you do? Uh, I go to a CrossFit gym here. I live in uh, uh, the west coast of Florida. Uh, a lot of CrossFit in Florida, so uh, I uh, I do CrossFit. Awesome. If you were a true CrossFitter, I would have already known you did CrossFit because you would have told me somehow along <laughs> right. the way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, that's always fun. So U.S. Signal, um, you know, when I think of U.S. Signal, I think of like data center offerings. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we're a resilience company. So we're focused on, you know, the DRAS side of it and really how to get companies back up and running. And, uh, you know, so sometimes leveraging a data center technology is kind of handy for us because we can say, okay, your data center is a mess now. Let's just move you over to this private cloud and get you up and running and, and as fast as possible. Um, can you tell me about, you know, U.S. Signal's offerings that might align with that? Yeah. You know, in, in a resilience kind of perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> very similar, you know, from, from a... Uh, an intent standpoint, right? U.S. Signal Services, um, we always have a focus uh, around resiliency, um, whether that be, uh, you know, the the footprint of our network. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people know U.S. Signal as starting in the carrier space. And so if you look at uh, a map of our network, you'll notice that uh, it, it's ringed in from a physical standpoint. Uh, so that allows us that physical ring topology, you know, multiple paths from a networking standpoint, and then allows us to layer, uh, you know, self-healing protocols like BGP on top of that. Um, so, you know, same thing if you uh, extrapolate that thought process to the data center side from a facility standpoint, right? So always trying to achieve multiple entrances, not only from a fiber standpoint, but from power as well. Uh, and then cooling redundancy and, uh, you know, UPS systems and, uh, and generators as well. So, you know, all across the board, <clears throat> you know, even in our, uh, our offerings of network and data center, we have a focus on resiliency as well. Um, now, if you start to think about what, um, you know, you folks do in the cybersecurity space, 
you know, I think the partnership there is uh, around the DR as a service, uh, which mm -hmm. again, you know, is a specific service designed for customers to be able to replicate their VMware environments to a cloud provider, a private cloud like US Signal, right? So um, I would say that's, you know, the, the main thing that uh, I see as, uh, uh, as the partnership uh, between the two organizations that, uh, that works really well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there, there may be situations where a customer's on fire and, and they didn't have you a signal in place. You know, there's no kind of DRAS solution ready to fail over to or anything. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, let's rebuild the environment in, in US signal rather than have it bridged to on prem at that point. And, uh, uh, of course, that's something that's possible with US signal, um, yep. as well. Uh, as far as your security offerings, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm familiar with, you know, SASE, Cato, uh, things like that, that are really kind of cutting edge, zero trust, um, identity driven, um, technologies that allow us to have some really optimized network experiences, but also, you know, control who can access what, when, you know, and, and really get a zero trust approach to uh, you know, whether it's cloud applications or on-prem applications through SASE, uh, can, can off, off the top of your head, you have other security offerings that, that might be relevant to the cybersecurity experts that are listening to, um, to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we sit down with a customer, security is always at the forefront of, uh, you know, what, what we're trying to consult them on. Right. Um, and, you know, we take a, um, a very holistic approach, right? Offense and defense uh, are, you know, and we have services in both of those areas, right? So we touched on DR as a service, you know, mm -hmm. that's more of uh, in the recovery aspect, right? If you think uh, through like the NIST cybersecurity framework, um, but in, you know, more of the preventative side, uh, we do offer managed detection uh, and response. And then we also uh, have an extended detection and response offering as well. So, uh, you know, what we typically see customers, uh, you know, coming to a provider like US Signal for uh, around those services is, uh, you know, they're looking to get a, a shorter uh, lead time to, you know, effective uh, cybersecurity um, protection, right? So kind of that rapid time to value, if you will, right? So organizations that may not have uh, the staffing to, you know, uh, have 24 seven protection, right? Uh, we all know that most attacks happen, uh, you know, weekends, uh, holidays, uh, overnight, right? And so that's when we're most vulnerable. Uh, so, you know, for a lot of organizations, aligning with a service provider affords them that ability to have that 24 by 7 protection. Awesome. Yeah, I think that, you know, that staffing pinch that you mentioned, like a lot of people just don't have the, uh, the people to cover their stock fully, you know, and... Uh, same thing on the IT side, you know, just IT monitoring, patching, uh, you know, vulnerability management, things like that get dropped by internal teams because they're having to run so small. Uh, you know, a lot of even large organizations are only running with like a three to five man IT team. And, you know, we've seen very large, you know, Fortune 1000 organizations that are running on a five person really kind of DevOps uh, concept team. But, uh, you know, it doesn't leave them any bandwidth to handle those hygiene items that need to be handled. So uh, one of our offerings that are bringing to market right now is really, um, you know, 
that patching and that, uh, uh, you know, really to be able to take our retainer offering and which covers incident response, but to leverage those hours for those pre-breach projects. So it's like uh, to patch firewalls or do those legacy migrations to get that old software and that technical debt out of the out of the environment and and you know um, life cycle out those older servers and get people to the cloud and get people to you know a, a lower risk uh, you know standpoint you know the, the lower risk position than they are now and uh, and because we're seeing so many times like uh, from vulnerability management doing pen tests you're seeing the same results all the time because the company gets never gets around to actually fixing them nor prioritizing what's what's important so uh, yeah. we kind of want to be that those extra hands to help uh you know people get in a better position there and uh that time to value is exactly what what you're talking about there it's it's uh you know when we're you know a, a company may put that as a priority for a whole year to uh you know replace their identity solution and where we can throw a whole team at it and get it done in a couple weeks and you know just knock it out for the client so it's not a problem that's continuing to plague them into the future. And right. uh, so the same approach that you're taking with MDR and XCR, you know, we're taking to that kind of pre-breach um, vulnerability management. So awesome. Awesome. So for resilience, you know, when I think about resilience, I think about, uh, you know, being able to bend but not break, you know, and if you do fall down and get knocked down by the attacker, to be able to stand back up quickly. Um, offhand, you, you know your... Uh, can you tell us about the DRAS um, solutions that you have as far as like, uh, you know, whether it's SLA driven or whether it's, uh, you know, your average kind of time to stand up your DR site, uh, let's say you've been replicating over there to get back up and running? Sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> we do something a little bit unique in the DR as a service space, um, and that is uh, post implementation. So after um, you know, the team has had the ability to uh, get all of the endpoints uh, replicating from customer prem to US signal or from another cloud to our cloud. Uh, we do what's called a proof of completion test. And that proof of completion test, uh, really, you know, what we're doing is we're testing for failure in that scenario, right? Any DR test, that's, that's the objective, right? You're trying to identify what's going to fail, what could fail, uh, you know, and then make uh, the required changes to, uh, you know, make sure that uh, if we if we did have to perform that live in a in a production scenario, that uh, the the failover is successful. So mm -hmm. we do that proof of completion test, like I said, to test for failure, but then also uh, to help the customer understand what the achievable recovery time is for their workload. Mm -hmm. It's all different, you know, based on uh, size of the environment, uh, but then we actually write. Uh, into our agreement, um, the SLA for recovery time built out of uh, the success of that uh, that proof of completion test. Awesome, awesome. So the SLA is kind of a factor of really what reality looks like after that yep. test. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's awesome. Rather than it being a dream number that was there before the initial project was kicked off, you know, when people are bite or are, are saying, "Oh yeah, we we want to be able to fail over in 30 minutes." Um, when in reality that, you know, it may not be reality that you can do that, you know, depending on the infrastructure. So, yep. yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, and I think, you know, a lot of customers, they do, they've got a, a mix of workloads, right? From a criticality standpoint that would dictate, 
you know, hey, we're, we're going to cover a portion of these with the DR uh, as a service type offering. Some of these other workloads, we're just going to put backup copies out with US Signal. And, you know, in the event that uh, they do have to recover, um, you know, those would be secondary workloads from a recovery standpoint. Take a little bit longer, mm -hmm. but, you know, from a criticality standpoint, not in the, uh, not as an urgent uh, recovery need. Right, right. And for those of you who are, are listening, the, uh, the the difference between the two is if we're putting a copy of the backups up, then the copy of the backups need to be restored in order to get your systems up and running. So it's a cold copy of your backups. Uh, but if you're doing kind of a, a hot fail over DRAS sync, you know, then you have a, a VM that just needs to be turned on. And it's sitting there in VMware, you know, that is 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 there and just ready to go. Um, so there's uh, two different situations there, and obviously the the backup uh, is going to take longer because you have to restore it in order to get the system up and running, and you don't have a VM just sitting there waiting to go. Um, so is that is that accurate, Pat? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And network wise, how how transparent is it? But when you fail over to the DR site to the to the production side. I know that's always kind of a, uh, a factor. Like what kind of network tricks do we need to play in order to make it work? Is there some kind of like EBGP or is it like a VPN and then VXLAN over it or NSX? Like uh, yeah. what's the uh, what's the architecture that's allowing that network to work? Sure, yeah. So, you know, the networking aspect of disaster recovery is typically one of the more complicated um, components of, of the entire solution, right? So, um, you know, just like the makeup of uh, a customer's workloads uh, from an application standpoint, the network is is typically uh, pretty unique as well for our customers. And so, you know, we take special care and attention uh, to really understand um, what needs to happen from a networking standpoint during a failover. Being a carrier, we do have a little bit more tools at our disposal uh, you know, to support a variety of different architectures. Uh, if a customer, uh, you know, needs private connectivity, uh, we can deliver that, right? Um, mm. They may have uh, an existing wide area network uh, with a competing provider. Um, the beauty of that is, you know, we can typically find a place throughout our network uh, to um, stand up a port and integrate that customer's uh, existing network with another provider with the US signal network and our DR services. Uh, so that can happen to be a private connectivity. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, IPsec, that's a very common methodology for, uh, you know, a lot of these solutions, right? We'll uh, provide a hosted firewall uh, through our partnership with Palo Alto uh, on the US signal mm -hmm. side, tack up a VPN tunnel, uh, and that's the means uh, by which, you know, the customer connects in and, and performs replication. Now, from a, uh, a replication standpoint, um, there's usually several networks that get built inside the US Signal DR space uh, just for a normal DR as a service use case. Um, we have to have you know, a, a unique network for, for replication. Um, we typically also have uh, an isolated network uh, for single workload failovers. And then we typically have a duplicate network of the customer's production environment in an offline state, uh, you know, assuming uh, a full data center disaster, right? They're gonna fail over their workloads uh, and, you know, we're gonna work with them to attach uh, to that production network on the US signal side. 
once the connection is broken from their source site. Um, so there, there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of care and attention that goes into that. Um, we typically build network mops uh, as part of our DR uh, as a service solutions that are specific to the customer, right? That way the customer knows what steps need to be taken. Uh, any of the uh, managed services engineers that uh, would handle the case on the US signal side, uh, you know, they can see that in the playbook as well. Uh, and, um, you know, they've even got a, a copy of the mop there that they could, uh, you know, instantiate into any of the equipment that uh, uh, is necessary for that particular DR exercise. I think what you brought up about, uh, you know, the fact that you're a carrier and you can offer that private connectivity, um, as well as other connectivity solutions, uh, along with the RAS, uh, kind of uh, probably allows you to offer a bundled solution to, you know, our clients that we're bringing uh, to services like this to US Signal, so that not only, you know, private connectivity, but uh, other, you know, connectivity solutions are probably possible now through this partnership that, uh, that never were before for our clients. So, uh, yeah. you know, that, to me, that's, that's brilliant, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, you know, e even if you take that outside of the network space, you know, there's also, there's often a, a component of the customer's environment that is not virtualized that's needed for DR, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, you know, our ability to co-locate equipment uh, alongside the DR site uh, has been uh, valuable for a lot of customers. If you think, uh, you know, about a mainframe system or, you know, any other piece of hardware, uh, you know, that would need to be integrated into that architecture, um, you know, that's that flexibility is key, right? Because you want to be able to support the customers in, you know, uh, whatever they need from a DR standpoint. Um, you know, there's other services like VDI. Um, you know, Horizon View doesn't uh, uh, doesn't play well with DR uh, tooling, right? So, you know, the the fix there is to create a parallel uh, environment within the DR site uh, so that you can. Um, leverage either the DR site or the production site uh, for, for delivery mm -hmm. of the desktops to, uh, to the end users. That's, that's, that's great that that can be a part of that solution too, because uh, pushing clients to VDI when there's a disaster is something that we've been offering as well. So, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we can, we can kind of integrate with this solution. And, and um, you know, those of you who aren't familiar with VDI, um, it's really that virtual desktop infrastructure. It's it's giving you the ability to remote into a virtual PC in the cloud where your workloads are residing. So that the latency is nice. You know, you're able to work as you know real real on the wire speeds there. But uh, we're able to protect that environment and not have to worry about all the all your laptops and workstations. So uh, one of the common things that happens in ransomware is you know an organization may have two thousand laptops or workstations those all get encrypted and it may take weeks or months to get all of those machines re-imaged and up and running so uh, a lot of times the solution is to get the, the get the client up on uh, vdi have them use whatever devices available to them whether it's people's home computers you know whatever ipads etc to get them into a vdi solution so they can continue working once we get them up and running so uh, that capability that U.S. Signal has here, it's a really rich set of offerings. So I'm excited about having you um, as a partner and, and the, the things that will help us, especially in the IR space offer. But uh, for the rest of the MSP and MSSP clients at Arium that, uh, you know, 
need some of these additional services. You know, it, it's uh, U.S. Signal in this partnership, uh, this kind of carrier level, um, you know, technology we're able to bring to our SMB and SME clients. Well, Pat, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about U.S. Signal or would like to add? Uh, you know, I, I think the the partnership between U.S. Signal and Arium is is key because um, you know, you folks have a, a specific discipline, you know, about your organization, um, you know, to really provide those advisory, uh, you know, and ongoing managed services around cybersecurity and, um, you know, the disaster recovery that we're talking about here today. That's beautiful, right? That, that's a good partnership because it allows us to focus on our core competencies, right? Uh, keeping the network alive, keeping our data centers up providing infrastructure and, and tooling for these types of use cases. Um, you know, I think there's uh, there's there's always a, an opportunity for customers to improve uh, on what they're doing today. Um, you know, I imagine, um, you know, that you probably sit down with a lot of customers and um, they want to go through a tabletop exercise that, you know, is uh, typically, you know, results in uh, driving more uh, ideas, right, or identifying gaps yep. in what they're doing today, right? So, um, you know, anytime we have that opportunity uh, to participate with uh, with you folks in those conversations, um, you know, that's that's always exciting. Um, we kind of take the same approach, and uh, you know, I just think there's uh, tremendous synergies there from uh, between the two organizations to you know help our customers achieve the outcomes that they need in in the cybersecurity space. I mean, it's uh, it's good guys versus bad guys, right? And um, you know, it's a uh, it's an important need for all of our customers. Absolutely, I think the two of us together can really do anything together and give any kind of offering to our clients that is appropriate for this. So for this, uh, you know, risk with ransomware and the, these ongoing threats with cyber attacks, um, you know, the 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 breadth of offerings from you, and then the security and IR. Uh, expertise from our side. I think it's, it's going to be wonderful working together. Absolutely. Well, Pat, um, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, this was a great discussion. Um, to those who are listening, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. New episodes are typically coming out every other Wednesday. And for more information on Arium, visit www.arium.com.